Hey, welcome back to On The Mic with Mike Peters. I just got back from a road trip. I left the house, and I put more miles on my car than I had in the last two months. So, uh, weird. I did an interview with Rob Fish up in Utica. He uh, was kind enough to open the doors of his brother's house, and we recorded in the Fish Guy Media Network Studios. Rob's a fun guy. He is the only guest I've had who I've had to reprimand for trying to host the show. I was like, Rob, you got your own fucking show. This is mine. Those might be my exact words. He's a cool guy, though. We had a lot of fun, told a lot of funny stories. So enjoy this one. Thank you so much for listening. Like, subscribe, tell a friend if you got one. I will see you guys next week. Take care. Peeling back my sunburnt skin. I'll wait outside your bedroom. I hope they let me in. best three to five minutes of uh podcasting that you could have had it's just it's all downhill from here you know that's similar to my love life yeah right (laughs) (laughs) it's terrible uh well thank you for being on this podcast thank you for opening up your brother's home to me well i mean it's the least i could do seeing as how uh i decided to go up to my parents house to do a hike and look down at my phone and said oh there's a reminder here podcast with mike peters hmm I can still do this. How's my parents' internet connection? It's like one step above dial-up. I felt horrible it just because it's just I don't want you. I didn't want you to think that I, I wasn't taking anything seriously, or you know, it's just you know, or that I despise you as a person. I mean, both of no, which, I knew that. Bo- both of which were true, but yeah. it's, I was trying to play it off. But I, honestly, I'm happy that we did it here because if there's one thing that I've just I wasn't trying to get in on was the virtue, the Zoom stuff. The, the I just feel like a conversation, especially between us, would just be so much more organic if it was if we were just looking at each other sweating on a ninety two degree day at the end of May. Aren't I mean? Aren't you happy you're here? Well, I think I think you have a lot of points. I, the only thing I don't like is the smell. Like now I can smell you, and that's not good. But I mean, Doug Stanhope. Uh, you're not Doug Stanhope. Yeah, no, but Doug Stanhope. Oh, I mean, good lord. If, <laughs> maybe one day. Maybe one day. I think your goal is to if, try to smell like Doug Stanhope. Well, Work on that first. Well, he says a lot of friendships and relationships are uh, are ninety percent smell. And that's, and that's a complete. I think that's a completely underrated thing because I mean that goes back to even just like our primal tendencies where it's just like the the sense of pheromones and stuff like that. I remember in like biology class, like they were talking about like how animals have the ability to retrace their steps because of the you know the pheromones that they secrete. It kind of just as it's left on you know wherever they're walking. That's kind of just how it's. Crazy shit. Like, again, I mean, we explained yesterday that I got a D in biology, so I'm talking purely out of my ass right now. How much pot have you smoked right now? Like, right now? Believe like, it or not, honestly, since <laughs> quarantine started, I was, I've was been trying to keep it on, like, I've been trying to keep the numbers low. How's that going for you? Very well, actually. Oh, I'm surprised. Oh, yeah, no, it, it, it's honestly... You get to a point in your life where you're just sick of being completely vacant and drooling on your couch. And there's only so many times you can watch Trailer Park Boys in your life where it's just like, you know, you, you got to get up and do something. That's kind of where I'm at because it's like, and me personally, I know I'm going to die of gluttony. Like gluttony, like like my, my death will be, there's, there's a distinct connection between like an overconsumption and you know how i die uh we talk about it all the time on the podcast you know it's i have a substantial eating problem i mean the the amount of food that i'd be willing to put back in a given like setting 
is pathetic. He brought home. I he uh, went to the store yesterday. Hey, I know it's the one thing you didn't want me to do. Yeah, but because you're damn we're, right. because we're my brother, I, I keep pointing at him. My brother sent me to this. <laughs> I sent my brother to the store yesterday um, because he was going. I threw him a couple bucks. Tell him to bring me back some snacks. He brought me back half dozen donuts, two bags of candy, and a gallon of milk and the, and the loaf of bread that I had. Half of that gallon of milk is gone. Both bags of candy and that entire six pack of donuts. And you live alone. Oh yeah. Oh my lord. Oh yeah. I, I made five pounds of pulled pork yesterday and I bet you it won't make it to Saturday. That's ridiculous. I mean, there has to be some direct correlation between the you know the size that I am. I mean, I'm six and a half feet tall. I haven't jumped on a scale in six months because last time it said over two ninety and I immediately became self conscious for some, you know, god unknown yeah, reason. I understand but that, but but you're you don't look like you weigh the it's gotta be the height. It hundred percent. I okay. just, I wear it so I, I, I wear it so well. It's a, and I, I mean I'm I'm saying that while patting myself on my on my own shoulder here. But while you're but, patting yourself on your own shoulder, you're, that's cardio. It, it, oh, so you're getting the weight down. It, Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's just you know, it's it's. But a lot of it is is I do try to stay active. I, I go for walk. I try to go for walks. I'm hiking. I'm vomiting out some form of fitness. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, if you just vomited, you'd be fine, dude. Honestly, I I was working on a bit before we all got told to stay home uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, like children, about kind of just my diet, and it was just I I can honestly say that it. I think cocaine would cost me less than my grocery bill week to week. <laughs> I was doing the numbers, and it's just like, man, you want to know what? I think it would honestly be a healthier habit than peanut butter and jelly. I, I really do. At this point, I mean, that's the thing, because I can't just eat one peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'll eat three. Yeah, that was my lunch. Well, one. I had one. That was my lunch today. I wish. That's that's a snack. That's, the, that's, the, that's what tides me over between, like, second lunch and, like, first dinner. I've tried so hard to get it under control over the last couple of years, but it's just like, but at the same time, it's not that I avoid health food. I mean, I ate a salad out of a mixing bowl last week. Like it's just, and I ate the whole salad. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I ate the whole, I mean, clean. I mean, it was, it was just, uh, I literally just took a whole head of lettuce and just chopped and broke it up, threw it in the bowl, cucumbers, tomatoes. I mixed up a bunch of tuna salad, put that in a separate smaller mixing bowl next to me and just and just proceeded to house that over the course of 25 to 30 minutes Here, hold on a second can you bring the level down a little bit i think uh, now you did yeah. it okay yeah. you did it yeah but i'm gonna edit this out yeah so oh that's easy. very true that's that's fair <laughs> yeah All cool right. that, that works better it sounded like you were just making that salad and got too excited and didn't want to grab a smaller bowl or a fork i thought that was a lot of it too is i i thought it was like an un like my unconscious level of laziness was just like like looking to the floor like you don't we're gonna have to put this in smaller container we're gonna have to put it back in the fridge you know it just you know just eat it all right now and we'll just take care of that one dish and everything will be okay but it's a i'm not gonna say this in a bad i'm not saying this like oh i know where we're going with this i know and i you're right i do you have the same problem i mean i'm i'm I'm, as far as as far as what like uh consumption um, do, do you find yourself that no, you're overeating? No, but I find it depends. Like, like if I'm just cooking the stuff at home or whatever, no. But if I go out, like say I go to Taco Bell, right? There's no way I should be getting a nacho bel grande, a chicken chalupa supreme, mm-hmm. and another item. Like I'll get the third item, and I know I shouldn't get the third item, but I, how can I not? See, I wish I had that cut off of discipline alone, because you say the third item. I'm thinking the third place. No, no, I don't go to... No. About a month ago, I quote-unquote was trying to treat myself because I have been trying to clean up my diet a lot since this all started. So I went to Taco Bell, and I don't know, like, I don't know the genius who came up with this. I don't know, like, but 
down here in Utica uh, on the Ruskiny Boulevard, there's a Taco Bell, a McDonald's, and a Wendy's, all within a baseball's throw of each other. Yeah, that's called entrapment. Basically. Yeah. And, it, and I, I am, you know, most wanted out of the three of those <laughs> because, I mean, seriously, they just, they see my car roll up and it's just dollar signs. Maybe you're just, you got to think of it differently. Like, maybe you're just too generous. Like, you don't want to show favoritism toward McDonald's or Taco Bell or Wendy's or oh, any of those. Oh, oh, yeah. So do, like, oh, well, it's like, it's like joint custody. I'm like, all about equal opportunity. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I'm having them round the change up. I'm donating to all the literacy funds i'm helping all those kids go to college at the same time i mean i'm a humanitarian yeah. in my you know food ventures but like taco bell three soft taco supreme combo with the large baja blast two cheesy gordita crunches there i went to mcdonald's grabbed two mcdoubles just that like a gentleman and then i stopped at wendy's and grabbed the large half and half frosty and ate all of it yeah that's a lot that's how i go yeah. i mean but it's like that's how i, I I don't know. Like it's like, even, but even when I cook at home, it's it's like I said, it's not exclusive to just shit food. But you've got to be burning a lot of those calories because, like, like I said, and it's not even a compliment. I you don't look I like you weigh that much. I said something so stupid to a buddy of mine. For those of you know, for most of anyone who's probably listening to this, I'm I'm currently working on becoming a thirst trap. And nobody knew that. Nobody, nobody wanted to know that. Well, I mean, so, but see now. I didn't even give you an introduction. I, I, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's just that it, you, don't, you don't even. I, by the way, time out. <laughs> okay. I said, we have been talking for like so long. And the only thing I have said is, thank you for letting me into your brother's place. That's it. You just ran with it. I will because I figured that that's what you wanted me to do. No, nobody wants, vomit nobody wants to hear you talk. I will. I, that's what I said when you approached me. That's right. exactly okay. what I, you right. were like, hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast. Hey. I was like, I'm, I'm flattered. All this is staying in, but, oh, okay. I, but I want to completely, I want to go back six months or eight months. Okay. I was in this studio recording with your brother, Josh. All right. And Josh Fish, by the way, because you're Rob Fish, <laughs> but, I, but I was here and I talked to him and one of my questions was, do you ever get nervous that, like, you know, you're inviting this person, this person? Do you feel like they're the other people you haven't asked are like, when's he gonna ask me? I hate this guy. Fuck that guy. Right. And he's like, yeah, you're like, you know, I get that too. And we're talking this. It's like a therapy session. Yeah. And I stayed to record another podcast, one with you. And the first thing out of your mouth was, gee, thanks for inviting me. Oh. And I was like, you son of a because bitch. Because it's the most cliche thing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, if you're gonna, if it's gonna be there, you almost have to take the easy take. I, I know. Mean, it's, no, I, I, it's, I completely, I'm with you. You, but the timing was perfect. Oh, 100%. Because it was like, like I really, because I told him, I'm like, yeah, like, like I have a list of people from Utica, from everywhere that I want. And Josh is one. And I figured, oh, you know, he's the, you know, the looks of the podcast, as I like to say. I, and that's not saying much. I mean, <laughs> no. but I, I, I'll tell you, run on, go with it, okay. go with it. But I'm like, yeah, like Rob's on my list, but it's like, I can stagger them. Like, I don't want to have back to back right. cities. And I, my brain will only let me program things a certain way. Right, right. And so, I'm like, okay, it was like therapeutic. And I'm like, whew, I'm glad the truth is out. He knows. And then I got busted right away. And I was like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, right. But it was perfect. I would have done the same thing. This is my honest opinion about, you know, podcasts. Because we're so... Well, hold on, hold on. You've got Up Next Podcast. Up Next Sports Show. Up Next Sports Show. I'm sorry. Yes. You've got the Up Next Sports Show, Comedians of the Roundtable. So you've got a couple in there. So you you have... And you've been doing a podcast longer than I have. So... Yes. So you've gone through this stuff. Yeah, but at the same time, though, I mean, it's, I mean, there's only about maybe six to eight months apart from, you know, when we both started. Yeah. But at the same time, I've really kind of 
wanted to just when it comes to the idea of being on someone else's podcast, I, I don't feel like I've earned that accolade at this point because it's just at this point, I, maybe it's just because I don't view myself as I just don't know what I would bring to the table in someone's podcast. I mean, maybe that's just more me kind of just, you know, reflective of how I feel about myself right now. But it's probably. But it, yeah, I mean, could, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, this could be turned into therapy very quickly. If if the first 20 minutes really? weren't indicative of anything right now, it's just like, oh, boy. I mean, if you're if you're a psychiatrist, therapist, whatever, sit down with a notepad and just start scribbling shit down over the next couple <laughs> hey, of minutes. I meet with mine every Friday, so I'll relay everything in a couple of days and see what she says about you. Let me ask you this. Yeah. How, when did you start going? I started going at the beginning of, Dece- beginning of December in 2018. Was it something that you kind of just woke up one day and said, man, I really need to talk to somebody? Oh, or was it something you were beating around the bush and kind of denying? Um, no, I think it's something that I always really wanted to do. Right. And then, you know, I was in a, a pretty bad breakup and relationship. And and uh, it was unhealthy. Like, in, and in hindsight, like, it was way worse for me in my head than I really ever let on or, or let myself let on. So there came a point where I was like, it's either I fucking die or I talk to somebody. So I was like, you know, I'll, I'll see what my insurance wants me to do. Right. And my insurance is like, you can live a little. <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, so I met with somebody and like, thankfully, like I, I've got a really good therapist and that kind of opened myself up to like, okay, well I was way too tolerant of, not just that person, right. but a lot of people in my life. And it's part of the reason I, I started doing stuff of my own. Whereas, I, you know, there was a problem with me trying to do, like, carry the load for other people. And, right, right. And uh, not put myself first. And so, like, without my therapist, I wouldn't be doing, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But, like, <laughs> I think it's a good thing. Right. The public says no. But it's probably something that I've always thought about doing. But I needed like a really, really big push. I really believe that everyone in some capacity needs some form of therapy. And obviously, I mean, what you define as therapy can certainly be subjective. Like it's it's always fascinating me. And because I don't think I could ever, it would really take a good coercing. Like, I mean, almost like A&E, like intervention, like everyone sits me down in the basement of like the local Yeah, I don't think that would work for you. But knowing knowing you, I think... I think you're too strong-willed to let that happen. Exactly. Like, if, if I come from this just weird, I mean, it's not weird. It's just that that whole idea of just you know the quote unquote toxic masculinity. It's just like you just you just bury it and wait for the ulcer to kill you. Yeah, basically. And it's, it's so I genuinely applaud people that can that really have the ability to go in there and really open up in that capacity because the only way you get anything out of it is becoming a very just raw uh, with yourself. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be honest. Yeah, hundred percent. The thing is like, like one of the biggest things my therapist had to kind of beat over my head was that I, you know, I came from journalism. So I'm, I'm always trying to like, you know, if you and I have an issue, I'm trying to think from your side too. Right. And in doing that, I would almost make an excuse. Like I would justify your, misbehavior you, you would almost be playing like a mental game of chess at that yeah point. it's yeah. like it's like okay well well it, if i'm gonna say this bad thing about rob i've got to admit to what i've been doing and my therapist like listen that's fine that you do that but at a certain point rob was an asshole yeah that's not okay and nothing you did is gonna make it okay so you would have to want to go yeah one and you would have to be honest with yourself and know what you want to get out of it and and also the variable is that you need a good therapist and like not that you need a good therapist but anybody I who mean, goes right. I mean you, you do but anybody who goes we'll know by the end of this I'm yeah, sure yeah. <laughs> I know I'll give you a referral yeah right and uh 
I think I get 20% off. That was about to say. <laughs> no, so, uh, Is this but, your first live read ad? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, um, but no, like anybody who goes to therapy, if you don't connect well with the therapist, you're right. not going to like it. Yeah. So like I got really lucky. That's all I can say. We've been talking about this long enough where it's just like that portion of my brain is just like, stop trying to talk about your feelings. Burn it. Move <laughs> yeah. on. Well, let's move on then. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah. Uh, we uh, we have... We made a, a real good connection uh, up at Uptown Theater where we do open mics on Wednesdays about sports. Yeah. That is something that we, you and I have constantly gone back and forth about. Uh, I'm sure you've talked about multiple people on your podcast about your love and affinity for hey, baseball. Hey, by the way, this is my podcast, not yours. I know, but it's just like, I, I it's just how I am. It's just, I, I don't know. It's like, I... I feel like we'll have a good dialogue about sports no, now together. No, like, no, fine. No, then I'm, you tell me where we're going. Listen, with. We're recording your podcast later. <laughs> yes, yeah, okay. Well, why, don't you, why don't you let me drive the train for another hour, and then we'll wait. Uh, not another hour. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I was just like, God damn. But, uh, but no, uh, I want to learn about you because I'll say the same thing. We've known each other for probably a year and a half or two years, yeah. probably. And uh, you know, I like you. I think you're funny. Stop, I'm blushing. Well, those are the only two compliments I, I had. to say, that's so all I need. The other one's going to be a lie, but whatever. But I think we actually, I think we were in a contest together long before we knew of each other. And it was one Phil Canarelli ran at Utica Brews. Now, I, I might have just seen your name on the list. Okay. Maybe you didn't go or something like that. I certainly don't remember... I don't remember anybody's set because I tanked so badly where I'm like, yeah. I'm going to go outside and like, I either need to die or get a therapist. And I was like, nah, I'm going to die tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like I was, I was going to drink to, I drank. That was one of the last times I ever got drunk, like really drunk. Oh, I needed, that I needed was, to get sick that night. I re- were, you, were you there? I do remember the show. Okay. I was like, what was, it wasn't called, was it called Clash of the Cl- Clans? No, 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 no. This, this would have been a contest. It was at the Utica Brews. Yeah, it was Utica Brews, uh, the I Utica know, Brews Laugh Contest. I know exactly which yeah. one you're talking about, man. I, that's... <sighs> were you on the show? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, again, I don't remember your set. Honestly, I was... Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, those were one of the ones where it was, you know... As soon as you got off, like you said, the first thing you thought of is just like, well, you know, what else do I really have to live well, for at and, this point? And, and you weren't you weren't doing comedy long, right, at that time? See, I started about five years ago. Okay. Passively, I signed up for a workshop in Syracuse at the Funny Bone. A guy by the name of Chili Chalice. Oh, I never heard of that guy. Eggs. It's why he's doing comedy seminars. <laughs> I went up there, did the workshop. The next day, uh, you come back, you do the showcase. Uh, I went up, ate shit, got a couple, you know, sympathy laughs, but I went over time horribly, like two minutes over time. And I remember getting off stage. I remember like the last, I had a terrible joke about working out and just, you know, guys grunting at the gym. And it, for some reason, it just worked. I remember getting off and feeling like good about that. And the first thing the guy did is came up to me and goes, did you know? And it just freaked on me about the light. And was just like, you know, you're never going to, you know, the first thing you got to learn is, you know, you got to, uh, you, you got to respect that light. And, you know, it's again, I, I told him going into this thing, you know, this was my first real chance. Yeah. Like, and I mean, he went from, I should have known that this was a crock of shit because he wore those kind of glasses like that had like the tint, like the, the, the purple tinge to them. Oh, really? Like, like, yeah. hip, like hippie glasses? Yeah. But he was also wearing one of those button down shirts that had flames coming up from him. Oh, okay. Okay. It's a, so yeah. So yeah. I'm painting the picture of this guy in. This he's just this lovable, hey, embrace your dreams kind of guy. And then he comes up to and then literally I get off the stage and he just becomes fire and brimstone. Well, he was wearing the fire shirt. Yeah, I mean seriously. I mean he he was telling you. 
I, I guess I, I didn't realize that he was the uh, the authority in hell on comedy. I mean, it's just I, this. He, he looks like he would be like he would do an open mic on like the third level of hell. Right. Like not where like all like the truly like despicable people go and all the other layers. But that didn't deter me. Surprisingly, I mean, I, I did stuff here and there. I, I used to go out to Syracuse. Uh, I used to do the Funk and Waffles open mic. I used to do O'Day's pretty irregularly, and then a couple of spots around here. But I kind of got in and out of it. And when, honestly, we started talking, quote unquote, <laughs> um, I mean, we don't need to make it official here on live today, but that's when I kind of really just leaned all in and was just like, because it's not something you can half-ass. No, it, and I've talked to, I'm going to list all the Utica comedians I've had before you. This yeah. is going to be fun. Go ahead. I, I've hey. talked to like everybody in the scene. Yeah. And, uh, but they've said that they would attribute, and this isn't a plug for, you know, Uptown didn't sponsor the, the podcast yet, right. yeah. but like... When the Uptown came in, it seems like everybody took it a little more seriously. And like the scene has grown a little bit because because you had you had one place a week to hone that talent. Like, right. like people actually went there rather than the monthlies. There was there was some stability finally. Yeah, yeah, that that was always the the problem here in Utica is that there were plenty of people that wanted to do comedy, that wanted to host shows, but it was just we, we couldn't find places that would have us long enough. I mean, comedy starts in dive in shitty dive bars yeah. in the corners of bars uh, with a stool and, and a shitty twelve dollar microphone, um, usually provided by the person hosting the show. Yeah, me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's so when we finally had a spot where everyone creatively could congregate that had a decent social component too, because I, I, I don't know if you remember, but I, when we've all first started going, it wasn't a routine. We didn't plan our night around it. At Uptown? Yeah, or, okay. at Uptown. Because when we when we first started going, there were a couple of people that were hitting it religiously, but most of us were, if we could make time for it. And then we started kind of connecting. The fact that it went beyond two months like blew everyone's mind. That was like the fact that we had a two-month consistent mic where we could do a, a material. And then you came up. Seth yeah, came up. I so think it was it finally kind of just gave everyone a reason to kind of congregate and start networking again and making it happen. I think it had been going for maybe two months before I came up there. Maybe yeah. not even that long. But I know Canarelli, uh, who's a douchebag, yeah, every time I, I mentioned Canarelli on this podcast, I've insulted him. So I, I didn't even want to talk about him, but I figured I'm in Utica. Might as well extend the street. It's hard not to. I mean, he's when you're, a douchebag. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> fucking shady character at best. From what you know what? You know what? I don't, I'll get back to this. So I don't think he's ever listened to this podcast. I had him on. I don't think he's listening. Well, to I don't think this is going to be the first one he listens. No, to. he absolutely I mean, won't see Rob Fish. Would this be the one where he's just like, "Hey, Mike, I finally tuned in. That Rob Fish one was <laughs> amazing." And would yeah. this, this would be hilarious if this was the one for some god unknown reason that took off. They were like, "Man, that guy was a disaster. <laughs> Great I, interview, man, but and, and like, and just the audio was incredible. I just pictured <laughs> this guy with this full head of hair, and yeah. it was amazing. And that's how good of a liar I am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how much? Lipstick can we put on this pig? <laughs> that is the question. I don't know, but Rob's probably going to eat the entire pig later. It's just facts. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking it down to the feet. I don't care. <laughs> so, but I started coming to the uptown, and uh, that's that's when I first saw you. Like, yeah. first remember seeing you. Right. And I was struck by how awful you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, was, I don't know if it's a unique style, but like, I don't know how much you write. Like, I think you probably write, I, you probably write a little bit more than your brother. But, like, you both are kind of ranting-style comedians. Yeah. What interested me about you is that you use the stage as 
a teammate. Like you're walking over it. Like, right. you know, like you're not afraid to like, you know, use that real estate. I honestly got in. It's something that I've got to get better at because. So uh, is that a tick or? It's a little, it's, it's, it's a tick. It's not intentional, but I feel, I feel like the crowd has to focus on me as I'm moving. It kind of keeps everything fresh. I feel like I don't move as much when I finally have, you know, a bit or a couple of minutes down because one thing I have noticed, I'm I'm six and a half feet tall. Yeah. I'm I'm the size of a house. We've gone over that already. So when I get close to the stage, I mean, if you want to feel like you're six years old again and your parents are screaming at you, I mean, sit in the front row when I'm on stage. And that's something, and, and when I'm doing that, sometimes because of the energy and because of just, you know, the the way I deliver things, you get too focused on that and the message gets diluted a little right. bit. I write more now because, have you had Seth Reddick on the show yet? Yeah, but it's, it was awful. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean... No, it was a fine episode. He's just an awful person. Yeah, I mean, I, let me t- let me count the ways. <laughs> I know. Good episode, bad experience. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> you, have to, you have to sign off on some release form, you know. It's, it's even worse. I, I had to... I let him in my house. Oh. It was horrible. He's I, casing the joint just I know, looking I, at it. I know. Like, <laughs> I, all my pills are gone. Yeah. And, you know, nothing says upstanding citizen like a wool coat and, you know, basketball shorts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, no, seriously, I love you, Seth. But it's... He's not listening to this either. Uh, yeah, he no, he won't. <laughs> I don't think Seth's ever listened to a podcast. No, to think of, no. but he finally broke through to me he, one night. He just he had an extra notebook in his car and he threw it at me. He's like, "You need to start writing your shit down." Yeah, and I and, but even like in, in writing, I took a couple of writing classes in college. Um, I don't have any sort of I don't have the writing background like someone like you or even some of the other guys who go up there. But I've been able to piece things together. It's it's all about just catching those kind of like uh, those mo- those aha moments. As they happen, because I feel like you probably deal with this too, where it's just like when you're thinking about something, when you're thinking about a concept, concept or idea intently, sometimes you, when you get such tunnel vision, you get writer's block. That's what they, but yeah, but as you go out through the day and if you're just thinking about something kind of just like, I don't want to say in the back of your head, but if it's just a passing thought, sometimes you get a one liner or you get a, a, just that, that strand of thought kind of comes together and it's just, I needed to be able to write those down. Because I, I can't, I, I I can't sit down and write. No, yeah, I, I can't. I can't sit down in a room for two hours and force myself to write jokes. Uh, it'll be just like school. I'll just be doodling. It'll just be you know random words. It, it gets honestly. God, I looked through one of my first comedy journals the other day. It looks so much like the the one uh, Joaquin Phoenix had in Joker. Oh, okay. I'm gonna pretend I've never seen the movie, but oh, okay. it's probably it, wild. It, it, like, yeah, like, yeah, just it just writings in the corners of the pages, just you know, pictures of articles and just crazy shit that I clipped to it. And I just looked at this and I was just like, man, this is what they're gonna use when they make that docu series about me on Netflix. When I finally go insane, this is the picture that they're gonna do. look at all the shit he was writing in here, and it'll just be crazy newspaper clippings and just it was. I, you've never seen the Joker? No, I'm not. A, I'm not a Batman guy. It okay. It has nothing to do with Batman. Does that, it have a, anything to do with Joker? It has everything to do with I, mental illness. I know. <laughs> so, so this is why you're recommending it. Oh no, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, basically. Well, but, I think I think I know the. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm sure I will be. Right. But the Joker is a failed stand-up comedian, right? 
yeah, he, I mean, he he's in stand-up comedy. He's trying to find his kind of his place in the world, and he clearly suffers through obviously, you know, mental illness. He kind of it, it's it's very honest to God. It's very it, it's very social com from the social commentary standpoint of just the way we approach mental health and the way you know the the system is broken in regards to getting. It's very it talks a lot about that. It's not comic booky by any stretch of the imagination. A lot of people have it has very taxi driver like tones to it. I just watched Taxi Driver during the quarantine for the first time. First time, yeah, it was on Netflix and I watched it. I, I watched it. I watched it for a film class, which I failed by the way. It blew my mind. It was it was interesting. Is it? Uh, what's the name? The Silence of the Lambs girl. What's her name? She's uh, in it. Jodie Foster. Yeah, just yeah. young Jodie Foster's in it. It's. It wasn't as I didn't like it as much as I thought I would, but it was it was good. Like I, but I think that's the period of the movie. Like product the, of its time. I think it's time. Yeah. yeah. Like like I I've heard Taxi Driver's this amazing movie for years, and I watched it. I'm like, eh. I mean, it's good, but it's not like you know. I the hype was you, so high. That's how I genuinely feel yeah. about Robert De Niro. Yeah. I don't I've think never, I don't think like, there's one Robert De Niro. No, I, I shouldn't say. It. Uh, I like. Um, oh, it's not the not the Italian job. It's the Goodfellas. No, no. Well, no. I mean, oh, I forgot. Oh my god, no. I I like a lot of Robert De Niro movies, but I forgot that he's in he's in Goodfellas and right. obviously I, Godfather. Yeah, but it's I, I've never he's I, in Godfather, right? Oh God, I, I have Al Pacino. Al Pacino. He's got. There's so many. You realize the, that there's so many extra the actors score, in it. The score is the movie I was thinking about. Okay, I like that one a lot. See, even then, it's I, I, maybe just because I don't have that love for like the Italian crime drama yeah. and all that stuff. Like it's just even like as he's gotten older, when everyone's just like, oh, they revere him as a legend. I'm like, I liked him more, and it sounds awful. What was the um? The boxing one, the fighter one, oh. the one that Boss Rutten was with Kevin J. It was no, ah, oh, crap. There was a one where he was a fighter. Yeah, like a, a, in, um, in the eighties. N- no, it's it was a ho- It was one of those. He's an old guy now. Thinking, now he does. I was comedy. thinking Raging Bull. No, it's I've. Just, but you said Kevin James. I'm like, well, that's it's that's some, not Raging Bull. It's some. It's one of the. He's well over the hump acting movies. I thought like that was the only thing I've ever really found him like funny or like interesting in. Like it's even like when he was in um, Meet the Parents. Yeah, it was like yeah, I just all right, cool. It's Robert De Niro. I, that's because I, never... I think he was he was just playing that mob guy in a domesticated yeah way. I'm just trying to think of other actors that like. Or other like a movie that really stood out from Robert De Niro that I'm like, oh my god, this was like amazing. He was such an amazing actor. But again, I'm I'm not much of a movie buff, yeah. so it's. I mean, I th- I think Semi Pro is one of the, the most <laughs> underrated. I think it's one of the most underrated sports movies of all time. No, I'll, I'll go with that. I thought you were going to say one of the greatest movies of all time. No, no, okay. I'm not. I'm not I, yeah, no, I'm not completely <laughs> off my rocker. But I think it's honestly, God, I think it's. I mean, I know everyone loves Step Brothers, but I think it's one of Will Ferrell's top it's, movies. It's pretty good. Yeah. I actually like more. I like Will Ferrell in cameo roles more than I do his regular movies. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, because like, like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Will Ferrell's awesome in that. I loved him in uh, Old School. Yeah, I mean, there's that. Yeah. And then um, what's the Kenny? Oh, I'm sorry. He's no, he's no, falling down. I was Old School. I was thinking Sean William Scott. As the cameo. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was, uh, when he's in Eastbound and Down and he's uh, Ashley Schaefer, Ashley Schaefer BMW. That's, I, that's the way just him and Danny McBride were just able to riff off each other for that couple of us. I mean, episode arc was hilarious, but yeah, no, semi pro. I honestly got I, Hoosiers. 
Are you one of those sports movies? I I, th- I I like sports movies. I just I rewatched thought, Hoosiers. I thought Hoosiers was way overrated. Thank you. Yeah. I couldn't give a shit I, about that. I movie. had to watch that in a history of American sports class in college, which is greatest class ever. I kind of did the same thing for a, a sports class myself, and then I, I I actually just watched it again recently in the quarantine, and it, it's just slow. <laughs> yeah, and it's fine. I mean, it's it's a bunch of here. It's a bunch of bunch of white kids from Indiana. Yeah, shooting exactly. a basketball in a small gym and like i get it like the lessons are good in it yeah. and i have a, and i re, i've watched it twice right once in college and then once probably four years ago five years ago that's enough for me i think space jam's a better basketball movie <laughs> yeah. you, know, like, I, you honestly have a good case there and it's yeah i i, I was try, i'm trying to think back to like a lot of the older older sports movies because that was one uh, Teen Wolf is better. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, it's, maybe it's not as believable. Uh, all right, yeah. No, take, <laughs> take it easy now. Um, I, in regards to movies, I'm I'm probably the last guy you want in regards to an opinion on. But yeah. it's just you know, I I I, I do love. I, I've been going watching a lot of sports movies lately, just because it just they've been talking them a lot on on sports radio. I watched The Wrestler again with Mickey Rourke. I still haven't seen that movie. It, it's good. Honest, I, I really thought. I'm honestly, I'm I'm trying to find like the sports movie that's like a great movie, and it and, and it's not just like a good sports All movie. Right, here you go. Have you ever seen Eight Men Out? No. Okay, it's a baseball movie about the Black Sox in eighteen. It's about the Black Sox in nineteen nineteen, and it's fantastic. It's not as there's not as much baseball as there is because do you know about the Black Sox scandal? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just about the court case and how they were paid off to throw the World Series. Okay. So it takes you back through like Kennesaw Mountain Landis, like the old commissioner. Or I don't even know if he was the commissioner at that time, or I think he was just a judge. They made him. Oh, that's right. They made him a commissioner to give him this authority. It was about his dealings with the players and the owners and everything. So it's a very very good movie. Okay. And Eight Men Out. It's John Cusack, Ray Liotta. I'm not going to remember everybody in it. Charlie Sheen's in it. Oh. Uh, but like like and this is like Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen had a run of sports movies. It was yeah, pretty good. Like, was, like he went from like major league I, to eight men out, and he had a pretty that solid was run. peak Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah. I mean, for a guy who's got AIDS or whatever, he's doing great. Yeah, before but, he allegedly, you know, banged Corey Feldman. Did you? Uh that was probably before. Did you? Or, uh, he probably banged Corey Feldman before. I'm guessing. Was, if if that happened, I have no idea. About that's it. what he alleged in his Corey Feldman alleged in the uh, the the tale of two Corys. He basically just rides off uh, the the coattails of Corey Haim yeah. with a lot of this stuff, and it's just he a couple of months ago he released some huge ground breaking documentary where he alleged that you know Charlie Sheen was one of the many people that you know molested and you know that's fun. Yeah, I just I I, I want, I'm fascinated with Feldman just because of the bonfire on Sirius XM. I've been listening to a lot of those old episodes and just because. I wouldn't know. I didn't know Corey Feldman was up to anything up until recently. He's got a band. He goes on tour. Good for him. I'm just, and he gets like all of these, um, like aspiring female musicians that you know they're, they're gorgeous. That he, you know, they they sign these contracts and they tour with him. But they got to. It's a really kind of just reality TV show life. If if I'm Corey Feldman. I'm just sitting around waiting for like Goonies two scripts or Gremlins three. Yeah, just bring me back. Well, the problem is, I think he's just gone so over the moon. Yeah. with everything now, where it's just like I, I'm sure Hollywood wants you know, nothing to do. I with get him, him confused. Uh, I've never seen The Walking Dead, but I think he's in The Walking Dead, 
every time I see a Law and Order SVU episode with this dude in it, I think it's Corey Feldman. And this whole classic mix up. This whole <laughs> segment doesn't make sense if I can't remember the guy's name. But he's very, very popular. Good looking dude, I suppose. But yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. But that guy. We can edit this a couple of minutes. That guy. <laughs> the fact. That's exactly what's. Yeah, right. You know, I don't want to reach my phone because I know that's, you know, it's going to be a rabbit hole. But yeah. So but that's the only time I think about Corey Feldman is when I confuse him for somebody else. That probably happens a lot in Corey Feldman's <laughs> career, actually. <laughs> as long as it doesn't happen in his house. Yeah. I mean, seriously. But comics, comic. Yeah. When do you think this all starts picking back up? Because. I mean, good lord! I'm sick of staring at screens. I'm sick of. I'm. I mean, I'm there's only. So, I'm only good for so much uh, podcast content, as I'm sure everyone's found out by now. <laughs> oh, they learned but, that in the first three and a half minutes. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's <laughs> so. It's but seriously, it's I, when do you think this is? Because you, I mean, you run Binghamton. I mean, in regards uh, to shows, that's very and, sweet. And, you, but you it's naive. You have yeah, but you have the you yeah. set up the backbone. For I know what it. you're saying. Yeah. Um, I'm optimistic, and this is you know because my business is relying on it to open. Right. Hopefully, we'll be back and going in August. Who knows? I mean, I really don't know. I would say realistically, I would say between August and, and November. Right. But I don't think it's going to last. You know, I've I've had people say, oh, it's going to be two years, and I think that's bullshit. I think that's just playing worst case scenario and believing that, and I just can't allow myself to do that. So, I, it, you know, it, I, I just think you have to think optimistically. I'll be interested to see how the clubs all open and react. Well, that's different. And, that's, and, and when, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not working the clubs. Let's not, let's yeah. not get that twisted. But it's because that also all trickles down, too, because I don't want to see – because it's going to be a while for theater acts and all that and, and all those larger things. But it's just like everyone take – I just don't want to see comedy go through the regression that I feel like the I don't depression think that I feel like it's almost inevitably heading towards I, right now. I don't think it will. I just won't let myself think that way because if I Your have therapist to, can't take it. No, just, no, don't. No. Oh my god, Three, years of work just lost. If, if I have to go back and get a real job, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Uh, no, I just think I think we're we're probably a couple months away. Through, I mean, full occupancy might be a little further, but right. I think as far as getting on stage and and you know at a, at a mic or a bar show, I think it's not that far away. I, I, as long as we're we're playing smart locally, I think we're okay. Are you, you know? excited to see a bunch of open micers come into a bar show on a Tuesday Absolutely. with their own mics? Absolutely, <laughs> with their own. Oh mic. no, no. Uh, oh, you know what's coming. <laughs> I know. You know what's coming. And Everyone's they, gonna have their own mic. They're gonna look. I'll tell you what, gaudy and I'll tell you awful. What, if they do that, awesome. Because this is. Then I want to talk about you. By the why, way, why? But why? Because this but is my why? goddamn podcast. But why? <laughs> like, you don't want to uh, I want to ask one question. But no, I. The first night I had my, I bought a mic and a sound system and everything, and yeah. I have it in, in Kelly's. We're doing a mic, and right at the end, the cook comes out of the kitchen, and he's a nice dude. I mean, I, I got to know him, but he's a nice dude. I never met the guy before. I didn't know he worked there. He came out of the kitchen. And he's like, hey, man, do you mind if I go up? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. We're done. And he went up and did a rap. And I'm like, all right. Now he's like a, I'm going to say a 6'6 six, six white guy. And like, I'm like, all right. I mean, I was surprised he rapped. He got done. And he was quite good. But he got done. And he went to drop the mic. And I about shit my <laughs> I, I had like a gallon of shit in my socks. Oh, man. And everybody looked at me like they i was in the back of the bar and everybody looked around because they saw what was going to happen and i go no 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 <laughs> so, so if they want to bring up their microphone if if they want to bring in their microphone fine they can drop that one drop their own i'll be likes. fine with that yeah oh, but I, I probably won't end up buying like pop stoppers for everybody oh god no and, you know I just, would, no one would i mean that's, i don't know 
you can ask me all the questions you want in a minute, but it's just the overreaction. I I personally, I understand, you know, the importance of wanting to be safe and stuff like that. But just from the overreaction standpoint, I I feel like it's just a created, it just, it's a lot of just bullshit fear. Well, it's a lot of bullshit fear. I think it's, it's better to be overly cautious than it is to go in there and gamble people's safety. Oh, 100%. Like, I, I think that's like, like, I know the last show I did live was March 14th. We had 14 people there. Dude, and we're living in infamy. And yeah, basically. And it was Pi Day. And yeah, yeah. I was spoiled. May the 4th. Yeah, May the yeah. Oh, no, wait. That, that's the 14th, yeah. idiot. <laughs> that's Pi Day. <laughs> so, yeah. You knew God. it was good for one. You're, you know? you're like seven weeks too early. Yeah, this isn't like yeah, Star Wars and Pi. It's, 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 all, it's all numbers, isn't it? No. So maybe. I don't know. I was really happy we did that show. But I think if I did a show the next week, people would have blamed me for anybody to get sick and everything. Oh, and yeah, that's no. like from yeah. from a producer standpoint, I'm okay with taking the time off and and I'm in a good spot. I mean, I you know I I was able to get benefits and everything, so I'm okay. Right. Uh, I was worried for a little while because I only had a couple months saved, but now I, I'm okay. Realistically, financially, I'm probably better off now. Uh, but uh, so yeah, which which kind of is a slap in the face to a lot of people. But and I feel guilty about it. Not guilty enough to give the money away. But you know. But what can you do? I had a bunch of friends that were just like they. I call them Trump checks. I whatever yeah. people want to call them. But when the stimulus check, yeah, I haven't gotten that yet. Well, then when the first uh, couple rounds of them came out, a bunch of my friends were like, were like, were feeling guilty about them. Like, man, you know, no I, way. I was like, what that, are you talking about? That, so okay, so I'm on the unemployment thing right now, and and like yeah. part of me was like, oh, I feel guilty, but I also have been paying into that for years, right? So it's like that's your money. Like the government is just giving us our money back. I mean, if you felt bad, if you felt bad because the entire system, we we by and large know it is a sham. What, what I, I totally get that. What, no, what I feel bad about, it's not that I'm getting the money. Yeah. It's that. The essential workers are not getting the money. Everybody should be getting six hundred dollars a week, or whatever. Like, My, like they should be getting at least half that to go to work. Like that's shitty. That, and I, I understand the contempt they might have for people who are have lost their jobs and are now right. making more money than they did. I understand that completely. I it, the idea and the topic is you know way above my skill level from a stand-up comedy standpoint but it's like i totally agree with you in regards to you know it's like everyone these essential employees uh should have been getting paid more money we should be doing something for them at the same time it's just like wait a sec you didn't get into nursing or whatever or you know for the money well that's a humanitarian thing it's just like if you wanted to be the debt if you wanted to be a if you wanted to make tons of money, sell junk bonds, right. so, you know, sell junk real estate like the rest of the degenerates. No, I, like I just I just feel like the people at the grocery store de- deserve some mo- more money, too. Oh, well, they, they and I think that's speaking to a larger yeah, and I, issue. I think though. I think this you know. whole thing is kind of and I don't know much about it. Most of what I know about politics, I'm speaking out of my ass. I like to speak out of my ass. And so <laughs> like what we're all trying I, to do for a living. I think this. This whole situation is kind of exposing the flaws that we have in not only capitalism, but the government, where the money goes, how it's funneled out. So it's like, okay, well, can we afford free health care? Or, yeah, we probably can. Right. And, you know, uh, can we afford a universal basic income? Probably. So it's like, now there's like, what, I think Denmark, like I saw a story where... Uh, the average worker at McDonald's makes twenty two dollars an hour. Right. Could McDonald's do that here? Absolutely. 
but they don't need to. So the problem isn't really with the government, so to speak, but it's with the economy. It's like, like, well, we've set that low bar. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me personally, I will not rest until we have universal health care for our pets. Dude, until until yeah. until that happens, I mean, I'm just I'm not. Listen, they're better I, than me anyway. Like, hey, that's I. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to put my list my parents as dependents on my policy. I got two cats. One, I as an American should not have to pay seven hundred and fifty dollars for a veterinarian, quote unquote, because I didn't see the degree <laughs> to tell me asthma, maybe. Well, it's either that or, you know, let's put the cat down. I mean, see, but that's the thing. I'm obvious. I'm joking. Right, right. You know, I'm waiting for somebody to take that clip and, you know, ruin my career with it. But see, it was, if I could have done it all over again and gotten in on the best racket there was in America, be an ER veterinarian. Right. I mean, you do, they make you sign a piece of paper as soon as you walk in. They're like, hey, guess what? Just walking in the door to look at your cat, 350 It's just like... <laughs> Damn, it's I because you have you have cats. I mean, yeah, I it's, but I just yeah, I personally I, I feel like us as Americans should not settle for anything less. I mean, I guess fuck dental insurance. Don't even get me started on dental insurance. But I mean, until my cat can be covered by Excellus Blue Cross Blue Shield, I don't want to live in this country. <laughs> I think there are a lot of people who will gladly <laughs> ask you to move. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I do want to ask a couple things because we're not out of time yet, but I, I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, Jesus, I've only asked one question. Who are your influences comedically? Uh, Dave Chappelle, Patrice O'Neill. Sounds like you got a type. I, I do. <laughs> I, I, what can I say? I do. Uh, I hey, lo- they say you never go back. Exactly. So I, mean, I get it. Uh, um, but you know, I, I got to be an equal opportunist. I got. I'm, I do love. Bill Burr was one who really, and Jim Jeffries. Those are just a couple of the guys that you know. I really, I really do keep an eye out and, and do love. Chappelle Show was huge for me when I was in junior high. I, I remember, I remember, I remember getting in trouble because up where up where we're from, up where I'm from, uh, it's middle of nowhere. It's Southern Tier of the Adirondacks. I mean, we didn't get high speed internet until my senior year of high school. But my parents had satellite TV, so I was able to record the Chappelle Show. I would record it and then I would sit bring it into school the next day and let my friends borrow it and the principal found out and that was that was a whole thing and it's I re, I distinctly remember that and it was just like and my mom getting mad at my father because my dad was just like well I mean he's not mutilating mutilating animals in the backyard I mean it's just comedy not yet. yeah well my mind so but I remember my dad you know telling me early on he was just like hey you know this is all fun and cool but he was like time and a place for all this stuff I I got in trouble again in high school George Carlin's another big yeah. one for me I had the uh the three episode volume book of all of his essays and stuff okay my science teacher found it and Did you get in trouble for that no he he found it because I let another friend borrow it, and he brought and gave it back to me. And he said, "I know exactly what's in that book." He's just like, if I ever see that in school, he was just like, "No." He's just like, he's like, I lo-. he's like, I get it, explore it. You know, you're you're on the right path, kid. But he was just like, don't. He's like, you can't bring it in here. He was just like, is then I got to do something about it? And I was just like, that's fair enough. We always in high school. My buddies and I would always quote Carlin's jokes. Right. And the Mickey Mouse joke 
where you know Mickey Mouse, uh, like I, like his birthday being announced on TV. Like I give a shit. We <laughs> yeah. we we had that one down, and it was it got to the point where like at least once or twice a week we were doing that entire like minute and ten second bit. It was so fantastic. I re um rehearsed the opening monologue to I, one of his last ones. I forget what. Oh, one Modern Man. Yeah, that you for, you for, memorized it. Yeah, for a speech class. How do you do that? I memorize it like a song because that's kind of like how yeah, it's a rap. How, yeah, exactly. And it was just like, and once you kind of got the cadence and the flow of that down, it was real easy to do. I mean, the same people, it's, it's, it takes the same kind of just mental focus and discipline that it is to like memorize Eminem lyrics. I must have listened to it 10,000 times when I was listening to it, when I was trying to figure it out. But it's, uh, yeah, I was, I've always gravitated towards just stand up and the idea, because it, it's outlaws, it's all yeah. outcasts. Like that's, that's entirely, and, and degenerates as well. That's, that's entirely what stand up is comprised of. And growing up in a bar, growing up, you know, with a, with a family that, you know, never kept me away from those things that I was always just like, hey, you know, good idea, but you know, it's all comedy like yeah. and it was just uh, being able to explore that way is is the way is the reason why I, I think i became so kind of obsessed with it over the last couple of years i ask everybody this uh do you remember your worst show yeah i uh i went i had a friend that you performed on yeah not that you saw okay that I, I, yeah i had a okay. friend uh this was maybe not even two years into it said he needed someone to open up for a birthday party and I was like, all right, cool. And he goes, gives me the place. I'm excited. It's my first gig. You, you, no money. It was just, you know. Just, yeah, it's comedy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get it's, it. Yeah. So I show up to the spot. You see birthday shit everywhere. You know, like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's a birthday party, whatever. Going to do some time. And I get up there and I start I start eating my shirt because, you know, there's, I'm not saying anything funny or interesting. I'm trying to, you know, riff off the crowd a little bit. And then I'm finally, you know, thinking that, you know, this was going to work out. I go, well, who, who's the birthday boy? And they go, it's a birthday girl. Oh. I go, who's the birthday girl? She goes, she's right here. And they point at the chair. It was a little, like, small dog. Yeah. It was a, it was a small dog. I was, like, I was like, what? And they go, yeah, it's her birthday today. She just turned two. Wait a minute. It, it was for the dog. Legitimately. It was, it was for. I it thought, was, I thought it was a small dog meant, like, slang that I didn't no, understand. No, 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 no. It was for the small dog. The small dog turned, it, apparently it was the owner's dog, and they threw it at this huge party. I should you not, there were, like, 30 people there. It wasn't like, it was like this empty, like, little, like, there were 30 people there celebrating the, I, the, the, it's not even like the dog can legally drink in dog years. It just turned 14. <laughs> what's a good, what's so good about a dog turning two? Like, it's like, does it, does it qualify for like fucking like service assistance? And, I mean, and what dog doesn't live to two? It's not like it's 12. Yeah, that's it. It wasn't a bench. I think I, I didn't understand why we were celebrating this dog. It was just like, I mean, it was no, just a dog was two. They brought it, they brought out a, uh, a little birthday cupcake and everything. Like it was like I got off stage and, and you know my buddy went and then uh, a band played which you know it shows you it was a real great comedy show <laughs> and then after that they brought the dog out you know a, a cupcake and it had a, a, a candle on it and they all sang we all sang happy birthday to the dog I love animals but it was just like I I just I wanted that dog to like either bite somebody or like get visibly sick. I wanted something to go horribly wrong that had like nothing to do with me. 
What did the dog think of your set? <laughs> you ever get any reviews? No, honestly, I mean, it, it was probably just, you know, too drunk on uh, peanut butter to really kind of, <laughs> you know, to as really... That's a wild birthday party. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful time. You know, I was, I was so thankful to be a part of it. The place that I, that, that place, believe it or not, actually got raided for like drugs and shit like two weeks later. It was in the newspaper. They were just like, yeah, 315 barbecue raided for, you know, all this shit. I was like, well, that explains a lot. You know, like... I love asking this question, and not to make you feel any, le- not to make you feel any less special, but you were like the thirty eighth person I've had on this podcast to tell me their worst story. They are all, everybody's got that uniqueness to it. Oh yeah, and it's amazing. I think you really find. I think it's a gut check. I, I think that is just whatever uh, larger powers that be. I think that's just literally like the first obstacle they throw at you, where it's just like, hey, guess what? You think performing in front of three people at a actual like open mic open mic is bad here you're gonna do a show and you're gonna pander to a dog for the next six minutes and it's i hosted a benefit show and i grabbed the microphone and said hi my name is mike peters we're gonna do a comedy show whatever i did and like the first thing that happened was somebody broke for a game of pool at the table in front of me and i was like man it cannot get lower than this but it always finds I, a way. I know. It always <laughs> finds a way to just get perpetually just worse. Like, like it's you really want this? Yeah, it, I'm gonna it, kick you in the teeth again. Yeah, it's just like, hey, guess what? We can't have you over here, but you guys can perform over by the bathrooms in that corner. And oh, by the way, anytime the door opens to go into the women's room, there's about an eighty percent chance you're gonna get smacked in the face. It's like a, it's like the American History X version of a show. It's like, okay, put your fucking teeth in the curb. I don't trust anyone who says that, they, that they've chosen to do this. And says that, and everything's gone right. Yeah, it's just when when you see someone who doesn't have to, who, who's not in the trenches, not necessarily with you, but just in the trenches in their own way, you really find it hard to kind of believe in in kind of them as a, as a comic or just a legitimate comic. Like it's. I, my, some of my favorite people who've just who've had stories like that, if not worse, who've come out and, and their car's getting towed away, or they got they got a boot on their car, or you know it's you know the, the, they come home and the power's been turned off. Like it's like those are the people that I genuinely vibe. I hate that I said that, but vibe with more. Am I wrong? I mean, have you ever like just started talking to someone who's just had everything like work out for them yeah, in their I, life? I automatically you just can't relate. Probably not everything in life, but like I automatically root for them yeah. to fail. Like I, I take a perverse amount of pleasure in watching somebody I know who's better than me bomb. And it's oh, like, 100%. okay, you're human too. Yeah, this is fun. And now I, it's not that I root for them to bomb, but when they do, I'm like, all right, it happens to everybody. It makes me feel better about the work I'm doing, and you know, not getting that result. Like it's like, okay, we're not all that different, right? Or just the way someone kind of just weighs uh, that they kind of like look at a bomb. Like I've, yeah, you could tell me I've done well, I've killed. You know, I could have had a genuinely good set, and I will never admit that to you. I, I never walk off that stage feeling great about what I did up there. Do you think that'll ever change? No, and okay. I think once it, again, this is just all the listening and reading of just you know research that I've done. Once that feeling goes away, that's when you start slipping. You should always feel the butterflies, that nervousness, that jittery feeling that you get no matter where you're going up. It doesn't matter if you're going up in front of three people. It doesn't matter if you're going up in front of 300,000 people. You're always going to have that feeling. And that and that's that's from Kevin Hart. That's from Joe Rogan. That's yeah. from Chappelle. It's, and every time you should walk off that stage, you should feel like you've 
you, you should feel like you should that there was something you should have left there. You should always feel like that there was always something a little bit more you could have left up there. Because you can always add that to the next time. It's like, okay, well, you, you continue to learn. Right. I don't have a polished hour by any stretch of the imagination, but it's... but. Every if I if I walk off the stage and and I genuinely and I feel optimistic about it or about anything in general for at least that first two minutes, I I know I didn't do my job and and I and I know when I and I know when people know that I'm faking it up there. That's that's the other thing is is and I think especially over the last year I've become exponentially I use that word right. You did exponent. I, I exponentially more comfortable with me on stage, with who I am, and 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 because that's the one thing when when you're talking to people who haven't been in, who don't live in our world, they don't understand how hard it is to immediately win over or appeal to a room full of strangers. It sounds like you're more comfortable on stage now. I wonder if how much of that is because you're doing podcasting. You're speaking into a microphone to people. I mean, maybe not in the room, right. but two people. You have you have an audience. I've wondered that myself a little bit, and I, I think I think I'm able to exercise talking and and getting out, you know, whatever it is I'm thinking and being able to string together thoughts coherently. I think I've gotten a lot better at that. But I look at this the same way uh, that you look at, you know, having a persona and uh, having the comfortability of being behind a screen. I think there's a degree of that kind of just reassurance that because it's on the internet, because I'm not in front of live people, there's a different feeling there. There, there there's an, I think you're working an entirely different set of muscles when you're actually physically on stage in front of however many people it is delivering your material. Like I said, I, I, I've definitely become a better talker and a better communicator since starting podcasts, but I think the muscles that the two U's are, can be distinctly different in some ways. I get that too. You could, you could become, you get all the accolades you want on podcasts, but it takes a different mindset and a different approach to get on stage and, and produce an hour of content. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. It's, it's just, it works two completely different set of skills. You've been doing something really cool. Uh, I think it's cool. I mean, maybe people think it's fucking stupid, but you and your brother have been doing a podcast and you do it live in the studio. Right. And I mean, it's got to be nice that you live next door to the studio. Oh, it helps. Brother. But was that important for you guys to keep doing that? Like, keep that consistency? To be honest with you, uh, this is something Josh and I kind of go back and forth on periodically. When it comes to the, just the technology and the video production aspect and, and making sure that we're online visually and you can watch us, that is all stuff that he really kind of takes a lot of pride and really wants to be a component of the network. To, it, me, it's personally, great. It's to great. me personally, I could care less. Yeah, hey, that, that sounds and that sounds um, disingenuous. Did I use that one right? Yes, you did. You're I'm good. two for two, baby. <laughs> um, I, 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 that sounds disingenuous, but to me, I've never watched a podcast. I'm always downloading the audio file. I, I'm, it's always on in the background when I'm doing something. So, for me, as long as the sound is fantastic, which it always is, it is, yeah, it always is. And, and so long as he feels like we put together a meaningful hour of content. I'm good. I'm never, and it's the same way I look at stand up. I when I take the headphones off, when you know we're offline, when he's done recording, I'm never. I never look at him and go, "That was an amazing episode." I'm never, and it's not because I don't have pride in my work, but because just it, to me, it almost comes off as egotistical. If every time I took off these headphones and said, "Well, that was just fucking gold today," yeah, but I think you can be proud of of the work you're doing. Yeah, and I, and I am, and when I'm and I know when I'm not proud of the work, and and I know. 
I'll know I'll obsess more after the fact that I wasn't proud of that. And I, and I know I, I want to take it upon myself to make it better for next time. When this pandemic happened, right? was it your goal to say, hey, fuck it, we're not missing a week? Because it seems like the Up Next Sports Show has been every week. I could be wrong. I might have missed yeah, one. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, and you haven't done as many comedians... I think you'd kind of combine we, we, it, yeah, right? We, yeah, we've we've done a lot of uh, more crossover stuff between Tuesdays and Wednesdays because a lot of the, some of the feedback we do get is sometimes that you know they they do seem to they do have a lot of similarities uh, sometimes. Also, uh, which also, but, how much sports news are you actually going to get? Well, that was a lot you of know? it too. It was just like you know, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty of the sports, you know, go watch ESPN. If you want to watch a bunch of couch potatoes talk about sports. Check it in. Yeah, but that's—I I think that's one of the most important thing uh, things about being successful with this stuff is that you know, rain or shine, uh, you're there. It, it's like anything else you do in life. You know, whether it's a job, whether it's just a hobby or passion, it's making it a part, making it a routine, making it a part of your week, and not making any compromises. And and, and when when you do have to make compromises, don't have it damage the integrity of what you're doing. Not every episode is going to be a home run, obviously. Right. That, that, that's fine. But the fact that we're here every week and, and you can rely on us to consistently provide you with content, that speaks volumes. You and your brother get along working well together. Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. Which, yeah. And that, yeah, it's, and, yeah, we don't need a we don't need an HR department or, you know, I, restraining orders <laughs> or, you know, yet. litigation. Oh, yeah. No, see, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I don't think, you know... You can Freddy foreshadow this as much as you want, but it's just like you can watch uh, countless movies, documentaries, what interviews or whatever, where it's just like, hey, two brothers went into business together. One's either dead or miserable, and the other one went on to make billions. It's just like, which brother do you want to be? <laughs> do you know what? My mind is sick because I had this thought, like before you even said that, I was like, you know, this podcast isn't going to be released for like two months. It would be kind of cool. If one of you died before then, or just like you killed each other, I'm like, okay. Or one of us has to go start doing their show from a storage container in Panama. Like, it's (laughs) just, yeah, exactly. Exiled. Yeah, yeah. when we've got to read a prepared statement because, you know, the I, because ATF or, you know, whatever government agency has, wants to look at our books. Or, you know, because I had fun with it yesterday where it's just like, I've kind of just, I just, sometimes you just got to say outrageous things, especially like with right now, because it's just how, you know, just how volatile, you know, how flip floppy everything is in regards to information and stuff like that. It's just like, if there's one thing that I really kind of am going to be interested to see with podcasts over the next couple of years is that whole idea of shadow banning. I don't know if you, I have no idea what that means. So this will be a great way to close out your show. I'm sure. <laughs> So Twitter, YouTube, uh, all these big social media outlets, you know, they have the rules and community guidelines and stuff like that of what they deem as acceptable and appropriate content. However, with some of these, you know, tech giants, they've drawn a, a line in regards to what they consider hate speech, subjective content, stuff like that. You've seen a lot of of the edgier people in, in, in the entertainment industry, people like Nick DiPaolo, People like Ari Shafir, and of course, you know some of the, the more prominent names like uh, Alex Jones. Uh, you know the, the Bannon. Oh, is this where I think somebody did Mark, Mark Nor or like the, or what your your name and, and your content and your brand won't appear in searches and stuff like that. Like uh, Mark Normand. Uh, did he get it? A couple months ago, he posted something that was a little objective, and you, you couldn't find his. Uh, you you couldn't find his name in the preliminary search on no instagram kidding. 
So and he's like he's like the hottest comedian right now. Yeah, and and and, and he's not afraid to you know he's not afraid to step on toes. But you, I've seen and and I've heard a lot of comics, uh, you know, who've walked on those lines, who've kind of been a little bit more risque. A lot of those companies coming back. Ari Shafir, in one of his most recent podcasts, have said that you know entertainment agencies, you know, big entertainment conglomerates. Uh, if you work with certain people, if you, if you choose to, you know, you know, it's, it, it comes back to haunt you on the bottom line. You know, they remember that stuff. And, and we're really, I honestly think we're really entering an interesting time. And I, and I think that perfect storm in regards to podcasts, the, the freedom and kind of just and, and the ability to do that, what we've been doing, I, I really think, I think you're going to see a lot more of that over the do next you, couple of weeks. Do you listen to Tuesdays of Stories? Would you listen to Mark Norman yes. here and there? Okay, here and there. okay. So yeah. that's I think that's an interesting test case because Mark Norman and Joe List are getting to be bigger names. Yeah, and but they've had that podcast for five or six years. I mean, it's it it's been there forever. I think they're on like their three hundred sixtieth episode, something like that, and it's right. weekly. So they said something like, "Man, if they ever want to cancel us or something like this, all they have to do is look at the back catalog." But I wonder. If they would be grandfathered into that, because they're going after Jimmy Fallon for blackface, I saw. Yeah, I, you know, I was like, I was like, okay, well, we've only got a couple minutes left. Do I want to open that yeah, one? I, I, yeah, I know, I know, no, I it's know. Fine. It's, it's fine. It, but yeah, but no. Like, what do you think about the, that? I think twenty years ago, I, it's a crock of shit. It's, okay. it's, it's bullshit. It, the, the, you can't, you can't sense. Uh, you can't. First off, you can't censor people, and you can't go back. That's the thing. You can't go back and, and get after these people because of you know because times have changed. If that was the case, everybody in the history and history would be indicted on something because ten to fifteen years ago it was socially unacceptable. I mean, what what happened with Shane Gillis on SNL? Yeah. I mean, the, the, him and Matt McCusker, his. Uh, uh, his co-host, they went back and they they scrubbed everything, even in the Patreon. Yeah, I mean it's just when you and we'll close it out with this: when you have that kind, I like, it's my I, goddamn podcast. I know, I know, but it's just like I I know you keep looking at the time, but it's like when you have that kind of that kind of influence yeah. on, on those kinds of things, it's not good. But you, it's, so it's, I'm curious because. It's not like uh, Jimmy Kimmel hadn't done Carl Malone around the same time Fallon. Yeah. So, and he was full. Bl- now I haven't seen the Fallon skit. I imagine because it's Fallon, it's not really that funny. But, but, I mean, yeah. but you know, it's like, uh, is it a whole lot different? Like, I mean, I, it can't be that. Like the the, the Kimmel and the Fallon thing. This is and, Fa- and, and Kimmel that skit. The Carl Malone is way more well known. This, this so it's ha- like, why why pounce on one and not this is like, how take I action on the other? Like. I don't know. This is how I know we're all going to be okay as a country and as a society. We we beat COVID because none of this shit was being talked about. You sound like George Bush saying "Mission accomplished." I, I mean, ba- no, but what I'm <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is is that it's you know America. What a t- what a wonderful country that we live in, where the biggest headlines and the and the only thing we're fucking talking about is Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, and, I, I mean that's we're back. I mean we're back. Yeah, we, we weren't talking about this for the I last like two that. months. Good point. And we're, we're we're okay. America's okay now. The rage. And, and just the censor police and all that stuff. Uh, it's it's all back. They've all gone back to work. You know, let's let's just resume America now and you know and, and move on. But yeah, that's when I saw that story. Uh, when I saw that story, that's when I was just like, okay, I guess you know we're done with COVID now. So uh, I want to ask one more thing before we leave. Uh, sure. When was the last time you were in blackface? <sighs> I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> It was it was it was a lesson. It was a lesson I learned. Uh, you know, 
again before okay i'll tell you the story oh, and then are you done. serious yes oh my god all right so fantastic I grew up in a small. I grew up in a in a very small town area. Okay, you know, so it's just like I I graduated with fifteen kids. Um, you you had know, like not, in your class in my, or in my class like your father. No, in my class. Okay, in my class. But so in regard, you so assume what you will about you know diversity and stuff like that. Given my love for background of comedy and stuff like that, for a business project, we had to create and market a product. And not create market. We just had to market like a product and come up with like an innovation, innovative thing. I chose Chef Salty Balls. Oh, okay, from okay. South Park. Park. Yeah. We had to shoot a commercial. Oh no! Someone had to be chef. You're tall. I'm tall. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So we shoot this commercial. What year was this? This was the Bush year, so everything was okay. okay. Yeah, this was okay. This okay. was this was the. Bush. We had more things to worry yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. This, was, this was the Bush years. <laughs> Uh, this must have been no, I, I get it. 2006, yeah. 2007. I've seen your sophomore okay. or junior in high school. We shoot this. It's funny. I, I'm, I'm not I, like there was nothing like you know overtly racial about it. You know whatever. So I bring it <laughs> except in. for the blackface. <laughs> so I thought. So I bring it into school the next day. We play the video in class. The business teacher, she she hadn't been in the position a year when. I I put the video in. We watch it. I mean, her mouth's just a gate. I'm just what? She's getting her resume she ready. Doesn't know, she doesn't know what to do with it. So she sends it to the principal. Principal looks at it. He's just like he. It's a small school. He yeah. knows me. He was like, this doesn't make. Sense. So he calls me into the office. You know, and he's talking to me, and he's just like, do you realize what you did? <laughs> I was like, kind. Of. I was like, yeah. And he goes, did you ever watch, like... Um, the jazz singer? I, he just started throwing them all out. Yeah. I mean, everything from, like, uh, what, what, what's the... Um, Al Joseon? Al no, Jolson. what's, what's the, uh, the old one from years ago? The, uh, the one where they, they're all original... The one where the, uh, they're playing the basketball game, and it's just the... Not the history of our... It's... American... He's asking me all these questions. Like, do you understand... And I'm like, yeah. And he, like, it finally starts to click. I like, I thought, I, I thought it was in horrible trouble. Like, I, and I was like, oh my god. Like, I didn't mean it. Like, he goes, it's okay. He goes, this is a lesson. You're a kid. Yeah. And I, well, can I have the tape back? He looks at me. He goes, no. Like, why do you think you would get this back? Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> I was just like, oh, I mean. And then I was like, well, what about my, what, like, what about my project? And he goes, he, he's like, can you? He's like, you just need to get it. Just go. Just go. I understood what I did, but at the same time, I was just I, I'm I'm glad you destroyed the tape. You sure you destroyed? Oh, hundred like, percent. Like, oh, okay. hundred percent. I was gonna be like, man, it, I would. I'd be, I, like, I, that'd I, be my motivation I, to get better at stand-up so I, my career could be ruined. Oh, I, dude, honestly, God, I'm waiting for I, I'm waiting for that to come, <laughs> just to miraculously come back out of the ethos just one day. It's just in, it, to come haunt me 40 years later. But, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they threw that in a wood chipper. The uh, the janitor burned it and buried it in the back uh, by the bus garage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, 2006, 2007. <laughs> Note to self: Always ask, ask that, that joke. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> just ask a joke question. You never know what you're gonna oh, get. Oh man, I just yeah, that was that was a hell of a time. That's fantastic, dude. You got any any social media to plug? Uh, yeah, if you want to follow me in my uh, aspiring uh, thirst trap journey, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Fish Called Rob. Other than that, um, you can check out all the podcasts on Fish Guy Media, Fishbowl Podcast on Tuesdays. Up next, sports uh, on Wednesdays coming up. Um, 
on my next episode, you know, because you're listening to this two months later, <laughs> Mike Peters will be on it. It, it uh, was a great episode. It was amazing. We really kind of broke down racial barriers. and we. we <laughs> I saw, mean, honestly, I thought you talked too much. I, just wait. <laughs> just wait. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> well, dude, I appreciate it. And, uh, man... You know, I kind of just wish I waited longer. Maybe it'd have been a better podcast. I know. I feel like if you'd waited any longer, you'd finally had an excuse to just not have me on. You'd have just, <laughs> you know, just politely forgotten. Secretly, I was hoping coronavirus would get you, and I'd never have to do this. But what can you do? Hey, you know, if you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. I'll talk soon. You got it. Wait outside your bedroom I, I hope they let me in